Hey, podcast listeners, the Crown Refs Mentor Program and community just recently celebrated our two-year anniversary, and Patreon's been busy making their platform even better, and we're thrilled to share with you these updates. Patreon now has a collections tab, which features quick and easy access to our entire catalog, which includes over 25 of our exclusive shows and series, like Signal School, Rapid Responses, Guest Speakers, Crown Classics, Game Notes, Verbal Judo, The Wonderful Women of Officiating, The Sunday Swish, The CR Vlog, and Rule Resources, just to name a few. Not sure which tier is right for you? Our updated Crown Refs page has got you covered with a clear breakdown of each tier's offerings. And there's more. Patreon is now offering free seven-day trials to give you a delicious taste test of what's cooking inside of our Ref Kitchen. You can check out the reimagined Patreon app complete with community chats. Plus, we're introducing a new shop tab where you can grab individual episodes, exclusive instructional how-to videos, PDFs, pregame cards, whether you're a Patreon member or not. If our content has brought you any value in the past, we are kindly asking that you please consider joining the Crown Refs Mentor Program and Community for Officials. As soon as you sign up, I will personally send you a welcome email so then you can get access to our 36 Discord community channels. You can go to patreon.com backslash crown refs or click the link in this episode to come explore the future of Crown Refs on Patreon. I can't wait to work with you and introduce you to our incredible community. You're amazing. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. There's some takeaways that I wanted to leave you guys with. So I'll just, I'll go through them now if you guys uh, have any questions. But I posted it through the chat in channel 36 and stop me at any time but the first bullet kind of has to do with the last conversation uh, Pedro was mentioning with regards to Joey Crawford and not caring about players and what they do and this is a lot of um, this is a big pre-game topic with our partners and even during the game too but I want you guys to try to focus on disregarding team records standings prior matchups these factors, in my opinion, are all irrelevant to officiating and getting the plays right today. Um, ignore, you know, the, the reputation of the players. Your partner says, oh, I had this guy. He's a knucklehead. Again, I, I'm not big on judging people for their past performance. It's great to know and, and remember. But in my travels, it just doesn't help you that much moving forward. So just treat every participant equally regardless of their skill level, treat the teams equal, regardless of their record. Um, and in the pregame, we should be focusing on, on best practices. What, can, what happens when this happens? What do we do when this situation occurs? Um, so just t talking about different game situations is gonna ensure our readiness and that consistent approach. Emphasize the importance of the rules right in the pregame. We're, we're, we're having rule-based conversations, talking about new rules, how we're going to administer stir them. Um, and just having a response ability mindset. Next play, current situation, not looking back on seven plays prior or that call you had early in the first half. Focusing on that ability to be neutral, 
in every situation, right? We're the ones out, out there that are neutral. I was looking yesterday during the game, you got 10 players, five and five, they're opponents, but we're the neutral ones. You know, we get to be out on the court with them, but we're there to provide safety and fairness. Here's one trend I'm seeing. A lot of officials are thinking with their player brain. They're thinking with their coach brain, their former ref and coach brain. Now that's great, I think, half the time because there's a lot of transferables. But there's also a lot that is not transferable and we need to be purebred officials. Yesterday, you know, during a timeout. And I want you to think of kind of what I'm saying in to how to apply it into your pre-games and into your timeout conversations with your partners. You know, I, I got with my partner yesterday. The first comment he had was, that was such a stupid play. How do they turn it over there? What are they thinking? And then he starts getting into, you know, the whole game turned around when this coach made this adjustment. And for me, that's not thinking from a referee brain. You're giving your feedback, your analysis on the game from a coaching or a player or a fan's perspective. Like that's not a referee conversation. So post only referee type conversations. Always thinking with our ref brain. Like I said, what is next? Things to look out for. What's the current situation? Where's the ball? How's the foul situation? Um, another thing I'm seeing our officials do during timeouts is we summarize the game from an emotional standpoint. This game's sloppy. This game sucks. What a blowout. You know, what a mismatch. You know, that's just emotional talk. And I'm trying to get out of sharing an emotional opinion, especially if it's a negative one. So trying to not summarize the game and just be in the moment. You can summarize it after the game if you want to. This episode of the Crown Refs podcast is brought to you by RefereeStore.com. To save 15% on all United Attire products, enter Crown15 at checkout. We hope you enjoy this episode and do us one last favor before you listen. Have a great rest of your day. Um, but, you know, midway through the first half and, you know, your partners are already summing up the game. I just don't think it's a relevant conversation to have. Um, you know, my partner yesterday uh, criticizing players, you know, for their play and criticizing the coach. Um, and I'm just, I'm just talking to him when he's saying that, like, here, you know, focus on what we can control. Uh, I don't need you upset. I was like, partner, I don't need you upset. And he wasn't upset. He was just, he was just talking. But again, we have 20 seconds to touch base with your partners during timeouts. And this was a 30 second timeout. And that's where the conversation is going. Right. So making sure we're not posting these types of conversations. Um, focused on, uh, yeah. So we talked about the next play, um, supporting your partner's decision. So yesterday in the game, my partner called a technical foul on the coach with four minutes left in the game. And I was kind of close to the table. So as soon as he calls it technical foul, blue coach, I immediately say, great call, partner. Great call, partner. 
So number one, that did two things. That was me being a great partner because in that moment, my partner heard that affirmation. So any kind of doubt they might have, it's just a great pick me up and a great way to, to verbally support your partner in that moment. So that's number one. And then number two, it's a way of managing and speaking indirectly to that coach and further reaffirming the call, that it was a correct call. So I kind of noticed the way the coach responded to what I had said. And it, it, it just looked like it helped diffuse any kind of extra momentum the coach was trying to continue with after the technical foul was, was given. My partner thanked me for it after the game. I appreciate that. That was great partnering. So you can kind of kill two birds with one stone there. And we've talked about saying good call partner to just maybe someone you just worked with, um, first your partner's first call of the game. But I think it, it matters or it helps out even more during a technical foul situation too. The kind of the stakes kind of get raised there. So that was good. I wanted to share that with you. Um when it comes to oh, as far as technical fouls, I think the game is getting less about time and score for officials. I really do. Time and score, when you speak, you know, when you mention that to outsiders, it seems like we're manipulating the game. Now, I know there's the gray area of the game, which is a big area. So I'm not saying to dismiss it, but I would rather be correct on film with my decision than base my decision on time and score. So we gave a technical foul to the coach with four minutes left in the second half in a tie game. That doesn't matter. It's the same as if it was four minutes left in the first half. And we have to not let that box us in. Like, oh, I don't want to insert myself here. That's just other people putting those negative voices in your head. Don't insert yourself in the game. You're not inserting yourself. The coach was unsporting, so you, you, you penalized them with a technical foul. As long as we're correct and we beat the film. Just want to bounce in here and specify that the concept of beating the film does not apply for technical foul plays. For self-explanatory reasons, we can't hear what was said. So any partner or anybody that you hear that tells you to make sure your technical fouls beat the film is pumping fear into you and handcuffing you from being able to run the game. Um, so I thought that was a, a good good takeaway. You know, my partner gave it. I, I loved it. I told him great call. And after the game, I, I gave him more, you know, compliments. Just thought he handled his, his, his business there. Um, if there's any uncertainty about a rule. So the, the one of the ways I learn rules is when it happens in the game and you're not 100% or it's a rule play that pops up, that's when you go hit the book after the game. Don't call anyone as your first way of finding out that rule. There's officials who they don't know a rule and they call someone. I think you should call them after you look it up your, yourself. Right? You get in the book, you find out what the rule is, or you get in the case book. Then you can call your mentor or your friend who you love chopping it up with rules about. Um, because men and women sometimes lie. Or they sometimes are not 100%. The book doesn't lie. So if you have plays in your upcoming games that are rule-based plays, even if 
if you're not 100% on them or the, or even if they just pop up, just get into the book and confirm it or discover, you know, what the what the proper ruling is. We had a few of those yesterday. So it's always nice to go back and uh and and check for it. Um and yeah, like I said, just the last bullet is just strive to beat the film. Strive to beat the film. If you're correct on film, then there's really nothing anyone can say to you. I think that's more important than than time and score. Because there's been plenty of times where you use the time and score mentality. You know, 40-point blowout. Are you going to call this travel on the team down 40? Why not? Because you feel bad for them? This is just the game. Just get the plays right. Just get the plays right. So... Um, any thoughts or takeaways on any of the things I discussed or you want to double click down on any of them even more? Anything? Um, I like the time and score, um, situation stuff that you talk about. I think, um, too many officials, they talk about, you know, if it's gray, just give it to the team that's losing. I think that's, that's just not fair stuff. Essentially, we're penalizing a team for winning a game. Yeah, we, we do that in a lot of different ways where we change our decision based on the time and the score. We feel bad. I like, the, um, you gonna say I like the partner. Um, good, yeah, yeah. Um, about saying, you know, good call. Um, I think as human beings... Even though, you know, some may deny it, we just love that affirmation because it makes you feel good, makes us feel good. Um, Whether it's, you know, a technical or, um, you know, just a simple foul, um, especially for first year. Um, I have some middle school games next week. um, And I think for me to, you know, really make my partner feel comfortable, I have to you know, affirm them that, you know, what they're doing or what they call, you know, could be a good call because I don't want them second guessing, you know, especially if a coach, you know, were to tell them something, you know, um, I think just reassuring them that, you know, what they had was a good call. (laughs) Yeah. It'll make a big difference on both ends if you're receiving it and, and if, you know, to be able to give it. Is, is great. Yesterday, um, you know, one thing we talked about in the locker room yesterday, and I mentioned to the crew, and we've all done this, and you might have heard me mention it before, we should not leave the game saying, oh, man, we should have given that coach a technical foul. Like, I know we've all done that probably over 50 times in our career. Every single ref, on every single level. But I just don't see why we should be doing that anymore in 2023. It's like, all right, let's grow up, guys. Let's all just grow up together. You know, so we should not be walking away saying, man, this coach was difficult. You know, we should have given him this or we should have handled this. That's just us not executing in the game and us being fearful of it. So we go into the game yesterday, the first time, actually, my... the. The, my partner and the coach were going back and forth. My partner correctly no-called a play, and I see the coach upset and kind of going back and forth on the end line. I watched it. I observed for about five seconds, and 
noticed my partner maybe wasn't diffusing it the way I would have liked or controlling that conversation. So I kind of butted in and I spoke to the assistant mid play like, hey, please talk to him. He's got to relax. Please tell him to be easy. And the coach kind of got wind of what I was doing and looked at me with like a snotty face. That's okay. That's fine. But you're just not going to do this today. And even my partner in the in the halftime was like, I saw what you were doing. He was like, I really like that. I like that you kind of butted in there. And he goes, I was going back and forth with him. And I think most partners maybe, or not maybe not most partners, but there are plenty of people who would not feel fondly of me butting in. And And I've really never done that too much before. But collectively... As a crew, we have to be able to enforce sportsmanship and bench decorum. And if our partners are not going to do it, then it's okay for us to step in and do it. And then they could thank us for it. So anyway, that was just a small encounter. My partner wound up giving him a technical foul a couple plays after that. And that that was that. But I just thought it was good cohesiveness as, as far as the crew to to run the game together and... Um, I was speaking to Shay recently where she sent me a few voice notes about her partner not being on the same page with her as far as enforcing sportsmanship and bench decorum. And they were just like, no, this is the way it's going to be. And it created a little bit of a disconnect and a divide between the crew if one person is trying to enforce sportsmanship and the other one is just being a little lackadaisical about it. That's where we just can bypass our partners there and just do what's best for the game. Mike Evans, could you please put a picture of yourself so we could see your face and not the beautiful pink uh, Discord emoji? What's up? What's up, guys? Uh, you know, I'm not photogenic, man. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> How's everyone doing? I second that, Paul. I second that. <laughs> Pedro, you've been, you've, you're like the only guy on Discord with one name, like Madonna. But you've been grandfathered in. You can keep it. That's fine. You're an OG. That's fine. You can keep the one name. Guys like Cher. How'd your game go yesterday, Mike? Uh, did it. Uh, yesterday? Oh, you didn't have one. Yesterday? I didn't have one, no. Yesterday, no. You opened up. The other day. What day was that? I opened up tomorrow, yeah. And you had one last week, uh, your last scrimmage. Uh, yeah. When 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 we spoke, when I what day was that? When I spoke to you, uh, Saturday, uh, Friday or something. Mm -hmm. That day I had a game. Yeah. Uh, Everything's good, man. We won't mention the schools, but how did your uh, Mike recently got to go to uh, a college and communicate the new rules to the players and coaches? So how was that experience for you? Oh, that that was cool. Um, so this year, the assigner said instead of well, he was also there, but um, instead of him just going through the the rule changes and everything, he invited a couple refs in the area locally to go talk to the coaches to you know to build a rapport with the coaches and ask so they could ask questions and you know. So I thought that was pretty cool. They asked some good questions? Yeah. Good is debatable. Uh, you know, they you know, they just, they always trying to 
well, if I do this, I'm like, let's, it's, it's not a math problem, right, guys? Like, and what I'm learning, like, refereeing isn't a math problem. It's not two plus two equals four all the time, you know? So everything isn't going to be white or black, right? There's some gray area. That's what makes us referees. That's what makes the art of refereeing so hard to do. That's why everyone cannot do it, you know? So, but... It, it it was good just to be out there in, in answering the kids' questions and demonstrating. It also helped me to like understand and know what I'm looking for on the court. Oh, if this player jumps from A to B, this is going to be a foul. Closing out. This is how I look at it. So I'm explaining explaining it to them, and I'm also like just refreshing myself. So it was a good experience. Did you guys like demonstrate the new block charge plant foot rule at all? Yeah, that I mean, there's obviously there's a couple of new rules that are like big and the that last foot block charge rule is probably on everyone's uh radar because no one really understands it or wants to know how is it gonna be called. And the same thing that I was told from my coordinator is like in November and December, it's going to be hard. Like, I don't know if you guys had it in your scrimmages. It's like, I had to catch myself like plays that probably last year was offensive fouls are now going to be blocks. So it was just, it's just going to be a new way of refereeing. And um, early on November, December, there's probably going to be more blocks rather than charges. And we're going to get the films and we're going to learn from it. Like as a whole, as a referee community, you know, we're going to have to go through the the game tapes and look at the plays like, okay, this is a block, but really is it a block? And we're going to have to get better at going into conference play. So that was a big um, question to talk about. <laughs> and lastly, were you able to provide them any guidance on how to best speak with the officials and just the best approach to interacting with the refs? Yeah, so that's, uh, I think, one of the best um, things that came from it. It's like, you know, I'm there in jeans and uh, basketball shoes and a, a shirt, you know, so they they don't look at us at that moment as a referee authority figure we're here to help you guys like to understand listen if i i spoke for myself if i'm in the lead position and i'm saying um hands off clean it up i'm right here like i'm helping guys like i don't want to blow this foul on you it may be your second it may be your third and you're gonna have to sit the bench i don't want you guys to sit the bench i want you guys to play so if I'm speaking, if my partners are speaking to you, we're helping you. And if you have a problem or if you have a, a question, just you could talk to us respectfully, just like we're doing now. Like you're asking a question about this RA play right here in front of your coach, in front of everyone, and I gave you an answer. You don't. You could do that during the game. But when you get, obviously, emotions are in games, like they... You know, but right now it's like a calm setting. But if you could channel that into just being a individual and you see me as an individual just to work as a game to make the game better we could have conversations all day long so and they, they were kind of cool about it but as soon as the ball goes in the air you know what what they're gonna do you know and was the coach involved in this conversation any of this info yeah yeah the, 
coaches, coaches. Uh, so I did it like four times, like for four different schools. And uh, yeah, coaches, you know, assistant coaches, a lot of assistant coaches ask questions because I'm realizing like coaches not really the ones that like, oh, you know, this guy does this, this guy does that. It's like those assistant coaches are the ones that uh, are really watching, you know, and they're watching everything. Like I didn't even, one assistant coach says, yeah, my job is just to watch the referees talk to the other coach, like during timeout, like is this guy like too close? I'm like, well, I, I didn't even notice that. Like I didn't even think people really did that. So you know how some people just get too touchy-feely with a coach? Like this, it, we're always being watched. So I just took that in my repertoire. I was like, listen, let's just be professional all times because everyone's watching us. You know, not a uh, very productive allocation of time by the assistant, in my opinion, but watch away. Watch away. Yeah. They they go, and you know, they could do it, they you could. know. But you said this was your fourth good. school that you've done this? You're on a, you're on a tour. Yeah. I mean, in, lucky for us, like, there's a couple of schools in our area. So, like, so they just call the local people, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It was, it was good. Mike's the local rep. <laughs> That's good, man. Happy you got that experience and happy you were able to uh, guide these players, make, maybe make our job easier. The more they know, the better the game game will be. That's what we're trying to do is circulate all this. I did. I, we end, I'm going to end it like this on that uh, whole um, coaching tour. <laughs> One kid goes, I saw you on TikTok. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> so they're watching too. Players are even watching your channel, um, uh, Paul. Yes, yes, yes. We know a few players on that, that school. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool when players come up to me and they they say they see it just because it, it's it, the message is getting to them. I want it to get to them to help them. I don't care about the notoriety at all. I just want to help the game. So it's nice that it, like I said, it's reaching them. 100%. I have a question. Chime in. Off topic. Off topic. How often do you guys huddle with your crew during the game? I I actually have to do it. Yeah. (laughs) I I know it's, uh, it's kind of frowned upon. But if you need to communicate something to your partner, that's the time to do it. So, who's frowning? I, yeah. I, I like it at every timeout. You know, timeout. I'll, I'll go to Paul. We're good. We're good. If everyone's good, then I'll just go to my spot. But if there was plays or we feel the temperature in the room, and I feel like we have to discuss something, I think you could communicate as many times as you want. Like, you don't want to sit there and say, talk about dinner or something like that, you know? But if you're talking about the game and, you you know, you're doing a justice to the game, then I think it's fine. Yeah, it depends on the game. Like you said, the temperature of the game. Some games we're going to have to just meet more um, based on based on what is going on pr- prior. Um, I don't think there's a correct number, but... I think the more the merrier. The more we can communicate with our partners and be on the same page, the better the crew is going to be. And, I think and, so. 
uh, one thing I like to do too is like when I when I when I see like my partner do a great call or or do something I I'm like wow like how how did you see that how did you like what do you, am I like you know like talking about not like the game per se but like how to make my game better if I'm working with like a, someone that has more experience than me and oh how did you know how did you handle that situation what did you tell that coach so I'm taking that time to learn about that if I can or if I'm the experienced guy and there's a lesser experienced person, I'm there telling them, you know, you, in this situation, what happened? Oh, okay, I would have probably did it like this. Blah, blah, blah. You did it great. You know, give my input on that. So we're not really talking about the game, but we're talking about the referee game. You know, so I, I, I take that time to speak on that as well. Okay. Thanks for the input, guys. Mike, earlier on the call, I uploaded a Google Drive that spoke about some in-game conversations and kind of things we should be talking about and things that we shouldn't be talking about, making sure we're always speaking with our referee brain and not our former player and former coach brain. That's, that's good, you know. It's hard to do sometimes, <laughs> but that's definitely uh, something to do, you know. Because, you, you know, you for me, I'm just going to speak for myself. You know, you had Coach A last two weeks ago or last year. And I tried to, oh, this guy's uh this, you know, how he treated me last time. But that's not, that's not true, you know. This is a new year. I'm not the same referee. Maybe he's not the same coach, you know. So I don't want, I, I try, like this year, I'm going to try not to bring that into my game, you know. Whatever happened. Last, last, yesterday or last year, that was last year. It's a clean slate. And uh, that's one thing that I don't want to bring into my game that I usually probably did in the last few years, you know? So that, that's a good thing. If that's one of the things that's on that Google Drive. Yeah, be non judgmental forward thinkers. And anything that happened in the past really is irrelevant. It really is. Um, the coach that you have today who was not sportsman like last year just forget about that he's he, he you act like you've never met him before that makes it easier for us then there's just less emotions to juggle swipe clean slate i know nothing about the past mike how's your uh, pickleball availability for this week i'm 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 available i'm free i don't have any games uh Tuesday works. You get one in? Tuesday, Tuesday works. Tuesday works. Yeah, I have a I only have a game tomorrow and then I'm off until the weekend. So Tuesday works. 4:30? Oh yeah, right after work. That's right. perfect. <laughs> perfect. Let's let's book it. All right. Um Carmela, so, Carmela, what what's up? What do you got, Mike? No, I was going to just say like I was just going to say like what else? Uh, who else got some things to talk about on the on the call? Like, what are you guys looking forward to this year? You know, like, do you guys set goals for yourself? How do how do we approach the beginning of the year? You know, I I just thought that was always interesting and in how people start the year. Carmel, you want to add to that? Answer, Mike. Um, yeah, so I, I was just thinking about, about it. 
Um, as far as high school goals goes, I mean, I really want to as like <clears throat> just manage the game well. I mean, I want to do that in college too, but I'm still learning the nuances between um, high school and college. And, um, <clears throat> you know, one of my main goals is, you know, just to, you know, continue to communicate well with the coaches. Hundred Communication with coaches is probably one of the most important things, you know. And um, I'm not really the best at it. So that's one thing I'm working on as well. Mike, I think you may not be the best at it, but I think you are top level. No, no, I, I, I appreciate that. But I just feel like there's other parts of my game that I excel way better than communication because I don't really like talking to them. Like, honestly, like, I'm not that, I don't, and, like, if they never ask me a question, I probably would have never talked to them. I'm not going to go there and say, how you doing? Uh, tough game. Yeah. Like, and, I just don't want to talk to them. And that's, you know? that's what so, makes you a great communicator with them. How do you guys feel, like, um, with the coaches, or especially, like, going into college or, you know, how, or during high school, like, is it different? Like, I just, how do you feel? For high school, like, like where I'm located, we don't have to travel a lot. Like, we're the biggest city um, in Mexico. So I see a lot of the same coaches or teams, you know, each week. Or, you know, them, you know, every other week. So, and, you know, they know me from coaching and, you know, some know me from playing. So, I mean, I have a, like, a relationship with them in the sense that I can, you know, chat with them a little bit more. Of course. And that helps us, you know, because you do have that relationship. They know who you are, you know. So that's why, that's why I was like, when I, when I do high school, when I was doing high school, it's easier for me to communicate with a high school coach because they know who I am. They saw me way more, like, you know, throughout the years than when I do a college game. They probably see me once every two years, you know? So it's it's harder for me to communicate to the coach, you know, because we don't have that relationship. We don't have that dialogue yet, and I'm building that, you know? And every time we get into a new conference or whatever, we have to build new relationships with those coaches. So... I, I feel like the the, um, the conferences I've been doing longer, obviously, I feel better communicating with those coaches rather than the conference I just got in the last year or so. So it's just, I just think that we have to be aware, you know, like I, I think we should treat coaches the same, but I also understand as a referee, like if we're brand new, we don't want to ruffle feathers in a sense because at the end of the day, if the coaches really do have a lot of power, you know? So I, I, I want you guys to understand that. Like if we go there, oh, coach, and just our team and everyone up, we would probably never go back to that, that gym. Not saying that's not, if it's warranted, that's one totally different. 
I just want us to be better as a communicator because at the end of the day, we want we we spend a lot of time doing this and money. So sometimes we have to put that in our mind too. Like it, it's still a a business in a sense, if that makes sense. That's true. That's a great point. Any other uh, difficult situations anybody's had this early season so far they want to rehash? Mike, do you have any Not currently. interesting plays yet? Actually, my, um, we had a scrimmage yesterday, and um, there was a missed free throw that got hit in the basket by the other team, right? He tried to grab the rebound, and the ball went in. And then they brought the subs in that were at the table. And I was thinking, oh, like, I've actually never seen that happen before on a free throw. And they probably shouldn't have brought the subs in. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that's just a made basket, right? Yeah. Like, if that happens, that's just a made basket, so we'll, there'll be no subs. But those, yeah, those freaky plays, it's like, uh, we don't see it all often, so we're literally um, slow on them. The pro I'm a little slow on those, the process. If I see a play that I haven't seen ever or once in my life, it's like, uh, and I'm, I'm not sure what happens here, you know, and I, I just get a brain fog. <laughs> happens to me all the time. And that's how you learn the rules. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast. Serve the game.